0: Welcome back to another episode of the Executive Code Podcast. If you're new to this podcast, you may not be aware of the format. Well, really what we do is we answer questions. I'm joined here with Pilot uh, Nicole, and she comes on the podcast and she asks questions all to do with personal mastery to help us, our listeners, also the members of our community and also subjects that she's interested in as well. So that's the format of the podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, why not give it a review on um, Apple iTunes? Because by the more reviews that we get, well, then the better it is in terms of the reach that we have for our listeners. And we're here to try and spread a message out to our listeners. So the more reviews we get, the better it is. And also, you may not be aware that you can also watch our podcast on YouTube. And so if you go to our website, paulwilliamdavis.com and click on podcast, you'll be able to find the link to our YouTube channel there. So, Nicole, what question have you got for us today?
1: So, Paul, um, I was just thinking, you know, as people, we tend to want to seek approval from others. When we're kids, we look to our parents. As young adults, we might look to our friends. And as working adults, we might look to our bosses or coworkers. So why do we crave acknowledgement from others? And at what point does it become an unhealthy obsession? And what can we do to ensure we don't get to that
0: point? OK, well, we're actually trained, believe it or not, to seek acknowledgement since we are a kid. So from the moment, from the very, very moment that we're actually born, right through our early childhood, we're actually taught to seek acknowledgement. So think of it from this perspective. When you were a baby, although you probably don't remember being a baby that long, <laughs> but if you remember being as a young child, you'll probably remember that if you did something and you got a smile or a hug from your parents, well, then you knew what kind of that meant. Or if you got a slap from your parents, probably, I don't think there's too many people or too many parents that actually slap their children now at this age. But when I was growing up, slapping children was actually quite regular. So when you're a child, you actually grow up seeking acknowledgement from that perspective. So if there's something that you want, you'll either scream on the floor or you will smile or look for a hug from your parent and so on. So it's it's that behavior is actually reinforced by everybody around us. So whether it be our parents, whether it be grandparents, whether it be even our siblings that are a little bit older than ourselves. And then when we start to go to school, it's our teachers that we actually get that influence from. So it's something that's actually ingrained within us. But as your question actually alludes to, so at what point does become unhealthy? And the thing about it is when we become adults and we're living a life, when it comes to the point whereby we're doing things to actually please other people, well then that's now when it can start to become unhealthy to the point of where we actually are sacrificing ourselves or sacrificing what we want to do in life or sacrificing our own self-care because we're actually trying to please other people that's when it starts to the pendulum in my mind the genius pendulum starts to move to the other side and therefore now it becomes an unhealthy scenario so think from this perspective and we 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 covered this on on one of our previous episodes in terms of the difference between self-esteem and self-worth and a lot of people will invest in self-esteem and so here here's how i make the distinction when you are doing things and we sometimes we do it unconsciously without even thinking about it we'll do things but unconsciously we're actually trying to please other people so we follow a particular career path because we feel that it's going to please our parents in some way Or we will wear particular clothes or drive a particular car or live in a particular house. We'll go on particular holidays because, again, we perceive it's either going to impress somebody or it's going to make other people feel or think differently about ourselves or in a better way. And that's where we're starting to do things to try and please other people. And we're not actually pleasing ourselves. Self-worth, on the other hand, is where we're actually doing things for ourselves. And we know the value that we bring to other people. So what we want to try and do to let's move the pendulum back from whereby it becomes unhealthy. What you want to do is you want to start focus on your self-worth. And therefore now you require or you, you, you tend to look less for the acknowledgement for other people, the more your self-worth increases. Now, it's not that you become arrogant or your personality shifts from the point of view of being a narcissist. It's not about that whatsoever. It's actually about you have a surety about yourself and what the value is that you bring to the world. And therefore, with that surety, it's, for one better word, as I said, you know, again, on a previous podcast, there's three pillars to confidence, there's self-care, there's self-belief and self-worth. So with self-worth being high, obviously your confidence is going to increase. But the more you know about yourself and the more you know the value that you bring, well, then you have that sense of surety about yourself and therefore, it's not that you don't care what other people think, but it becomes less of an influence of what it is that you're doing. Now, I suppose what, what what people are going to then start to look at, okay, so what is it that you can do to build self-worth? Because now you can start to swing the pendulum back from the perspective of not being unhealthy in a situation. And what you want to look at is, okay, so what is the value that you actually bring to other people? So it's not, again, as, as I said, not about self, self-esteem. It's not about... The clothes that you wear, the possessions that you have, it's more about understanding what's the difference that you're making in other people's lives, or what is it that you're bringing to other people, meaning you yourself, as opposed to the possessions or where you live or the clothes that you wear and so on. It's more about what you as an individual, you as a person brings to other people. The next thing that you want to look at is, you know, now we, we do this throughout our whole life. Until such times, we actually realize, actually, no, it's not healthy for us to do it. And that is where we actually judge ourselves, but we also judge other people. And what I mean by that is we start to judge ourselves, meaning we make ourselves smaller in comparison to other people. I'm not talking about stature. I'm talking about that we minimize our personality or we minimize our belief, our worth about ourselves compared to somebody else. We put other people up on pedestals. Meanwhile, we're putting ourselves in the pit. So that's where we're judging ourselves. Or we can also judge other people. Now, what people with low self-worth will do is they will actually judge other people and put more and more people in the pit in order to indirectly increase their own self-worth. So when you are judging yourself and equally when you're judging other people, it's actually an indication for you to say or to understand or to know it's feedback for yourself to, about your own self-worth. So when we start to not judge ourselves and not judge other people and actually see the value that we bring and the value that we have within ourselves, well, then now we're moving that pension back into more equilibrium. The other things that will bring down self-worth is where we carry around shame and guilt. And I've yet to come across an individual that does not carry some form of shame or guilt, because again, as a child, we will have done things and had an influence from our parents or our guardians or teachers or everybody that has, I suppose, ingrained within us, within us an element of shame and guilt. So therefore, from a very, very young age, we're actually beginning to understand shame and guilt. So throughout our whole life, then we will actually carry different elements of shame and guilt. And the more shame and guilt that we carry around with us, well, then the more our self-worth will actually decrease. So when you look at those aspects, now you can start to identify, okay, so what are some of the things or some of the elements that you can actually do to increase your self-worth? If you also look at from the perspective of what are the activities that you do that bring you joy? Now, if look looking from the perspective, think of it from what are the things that you do that increases your energy? And that's also taking account of, okay, what are the people that are around you that decrease your energy or what I call energy vampires? So think of it from two aspects. One is the environment that you're in, the people that you're around, but also the activities that you do yourself as well. And sometimes we can get caught up with the work that we're doing and we invariably be on this hamster wheel continuously until such times we actually make a choice and a decision to get off the hamster wheel. (coughs) What we have to do is start to look at what are the activities that will actually bring us joy. And think from, yeah, we'll enjoy them, but also they'll actually increase our energy. But one of the primary things that will actually increase our self-worth is when we're doing activities that are in line with our genius drivers and we're working on our purpose. By working in line with our genius drivers and on our purpose, that massively increases our self-worth. So that's one of the primary things when I work with clients. That's one of the primary things I will work on, first of all, in order to increase their self-worth, because by increasing their self-worth, their confidence is increasing. And then it has a knock-on effect for relation to what they want to bring into their life, what they want to manifest, and what they want to build and scale their businesses. So that, that's my approach when I'm working with clients.
1: So what are some indicators we can use or questions we can ask ourselves to recognize that it's become unhealthy and then start to take action to correct that?
0: The first question you want to ask yourself is, in, in everything that you're doing, is is what I'm doing for somebody else or am I actually doing it for myself? So you could think of it from the perspective: Okay, so are you doing work for the people? Yes, you, you've got to do you've got to do work for clients. Or, for example, in your case, um, Nicole, you're you're currently trained to be a pilot, so you're you're flying a plane for somebody else. You're getting paid by somebody else, but you're also doing something that's completely and totally, and utterly in line with your genius drivers. So therefore, you're actually getting something in return much more so than the remuneration that you're getting. Okay, and that's the difference. Just as much as when I'm doing the work for in, in in my business, I'm working with people and putting them on the right track and putting them on their life purpose and guiding them in relation to their life purpose. That's work that I absolutely thoroughly enjoy doing. So therefore, now that's in line with my genius drivers, my my purpose, and therefore I'm increasing my self-work. So when you ask that question, the activity that you're doing, is it to please somebody else? Or are you actually doing it for yourself? And what I mean by activity is even down to something that you might buy or something that you might do, are you doing it to please other people? Or are you actually pleasing for yourself? And when you start to ask that question yourself in relation to everything that you're doing, well, then now you'll be able to identify what are the things that you are doing in order to please others and not yourself. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. So I think it goes back to you had an episode, um, I think it was titled Giving from the Saucer. And that's what it reminded me of where, you know, you have to take care of yourself first before you can even, you know, start to take care of others. Um, And it's contrary to what we're taught growing up because you always, you know, people always tell you as a kid or even as an adult, you know, you should think of other people first or it's, it's honorable to, you know, yeah, put people before yourself think of others before yourself. And that's, that's unhealthy, right? Because you have to make sure that you're doing okay before you can start to make sure um, other people are doing okay and and help them. And, you know, it's, um, it's a good airplane analogy where, you know, then the passenger briefing, they always tell you the oxygen mask drop down, always put on your own mask first before you even try and help anyone. Because, if you try and help someone first, um, you know, you might not be conscious to even help yourself after that. <laughs> so that reminded me of that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and so look at it from perspective of when you, when you're doing something to sacrifice, and before, when you're sacrificing yourself, that's the main thing to look at. When you're sacrificing yourself, meaning who you truly are, well then now you're, you're heading down the road of um, being detrimental for yourself. So are you going to do things for other people? Yeah, of course you are. You're going to, you know, for example, when you get on the bus or the train or the subway, well, then are you going to offer your seat to somebody that's older or has a baby or is pregnant or whatever? Of course you are. That's, that's what you will naturally do as a human being. But now are you sacrificing yourself? You are in some respects. But however, it's the distinction between are you doing that throughout your whole life in every aspect of your life? Or are you just doing it from the perspective of there will be occasions like that, that you will actually do things for other people? It's it's a very, it's not so much a, a subtle difference, but you, it's a really fundamental understanding as regards, what is it that you're doing? And then when you make that, when you answer that question for yourself, are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for other people?
1: It goes back to knowing yourself and how much you can give up for others, because that's a very, you know, individual question.
0: Yeah,
1: specific to every separate situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely is. Absolutely is. Good. So I hope this episode helped you in terms of looking at what is it that you're doing and look at in terms of how you can actually build your own self-worth and from the perspective of where it can actually move into an unhealthy situation. If you want to find out what your genius drivers are, if you want to find out what your life purpose is, or if you want to find out what you should be doing in your life, head over to paulwilliamdavis.com. There's a lot of resources there available. You can also join our community and there's a link to our community there. And as I said, at the top end of the episode, if you want to find us on YouTube, the links are also there to our YouTube channel as well. And again, the URL is WilliamDavis.com and I look forward to connecting with you. But until the next time, I wish you every success.